That's I don't right. want to surround myself with negativity. You know, it's always about positivity, always about thinking forward. Yes, we have issues. Yes, we fall down. But always think about the better outcome. Always see that, you know what? That was, that was not a failure. That was a lesson. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Welcome back, Awesome Tribe. We've got an undeniable OG guest on the podcast this time around. I am pleased to roll out the virtual red carpet and set the stage for my good friend, executive chef Alain Lumaire. You always hold a special place in your heart for those individuals who, even with their incredibly busy schedules and not evolving the same industry as yours, still found the time to show you support and believe in you and your crazy venture. So for Alain to always accept to come back and share his insights on the podcast is not only a treat for me, but also an honor. As accomplished as he is, you wonder how he does it all. Award-winning executive chef, entrepreneur, business owner, speaker, mentor, media personality, coach, and most recently featured as head chef on the premiere episode of the second season of Luda Can't Cook, starring Chris Ludacris Bridges, now airing on Discovery+. Plus. One cannot withhold the incredible respect that is due to such a prime example of heart, dedication, and passion for excellence. Added to the fact that he never fails to praise and hold up his Haitian colors mighty and proud, Alain is definitely one to take notes from. On this episode, we chop it up and discuss the importance of giving back, elevating your standards, defining your own lane, honoring your culture by staying authentic, and yes, being professional even when you're starstruck. Another exciting conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 170 with Chef Alain Lumaire. Here we go. Man, for the people who don't know, this is gonna, probably going to be one of the most informal episodes in the Awaken the Awesome industry. I can't, I can't, I can't say that because, like, you know, everybody's, like, you know, pretty used to the chillax, laid-back attitude of this recording. But for me, it it comes from a very sincere place because not only am I welcoming a friend, a brother, former classmate, you know, a fellow warrior who were basically like, you know, there are very few people I can genuinely say we are aligned on the same level of greatness and just, you know, striving for excellence. But on a particular stance for people who have heard me say that, you know, this podcast is not the first podcast. There was an initial podcast before this, which was a photography podcast. And I just want to have more creative people on there. And Alain, my next guest is basically one of the OG guests of this podcast. <laughs> and I actually went back to the archives and I actually checked. When was Alain on? Can you believe we are on in 2013? 2013. 2013. 2013 was Jeez. the first, like one of the first episodes. I'll send you the link. And I'm like, wow, time oh, flies. Wow. Time okay. flies. It was like just me dabbling into still be having the photography bug and connecting with creatives. And again, you start your podcast with friends, right? But yeah, I went yeah, back. Yeah. I'm like, Alain is one of the OGs. But I'm like, wow. wait a second. And I tried to find the link. And I'm like, 2013. I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that was that's like, a long time ago. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. And it creates, it creates perspective. And that's basically what I want to celebrate, Alain. Because, you know, even back then, you know, because we were doing the recording, like, really off the top. You were at um, uh, a food festival uh, in uh, I was in, in Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You were at the beach and handling, like, you know, just, just in the grind. Like, you were sweating. Like, you know, you were in the kitchen. And you gave me 30 minutes of your time. And I'm still grateful for that because, you know, every time I invite you, you never back down. You always say yes. So I'm always grateful. But, brother, thank I really want to celebrate you. I really do. Because just that perspective, nearly 10 years later, and to see how you've elevated, you know, you've had ups, you've had downs, you know, you lost your father along the way, you know, you have been so many, so many adventures, ups, highs and lows, but it's always, we keep going, we keep striving, we keep pushing yes. forward, we keep inspiring people, we keep promoting the culture, we keep yes, elevating yes. our status, we keep making better connections, we keep, you know, just nurturing our craft and feeding our, uh, feeding our passion. Alemen, I'm just saying this as a fellow brother and as a friend, I care about you. I celebrate you. I really want to tell you, congratulations for everything, man. You've thank done you, amazing you, work. And trust me, I see you. And I want to congratulate you for that. 
Thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate the work you've been doing also. And it shows that um, pers persistence, consistency are the key factors to getting to where you want to be. You, there's no way around it. There's no way around it because as much as people want to convince themselves of having like, okay, what's the cheat code? Okay, how I do this faster? Or, you know, yeah, I know I'm supposed to put in the work, but no, like, yeah, but give me the secret. Give me the secret. How right. do you, do you laugh or do you just try to coach them? Because sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes my tolerance level goes to zero and I just have no patience. <laughs> you need to understand that there is the grind. But from someone yes. who's had the perspective and you've been to the grind and you've paid your dues, you know, to the, reach the levels you have now, how do Man. we educate people on that, that, the persistence aspect of greatness? And this is the one thing that I always tell people who are trying to skip the stairs to go through the elevator, right? Um, you, you might see me now on TV or you might know my name now, but that doesn't mean I just started now. Okay. I'm like, Yes, I'm getting the noises. Yeah, I, there's some noise out there now. More people are, getting, are talking about me. I'm on TV. I'm doing all that stuff. But the work did not start overnight. No. I've been putting work for years now. And I've been putting work without even knowing or even having the slight idea where I was going to be like today. Mm -hmm. Like, if we spoke about me doing this when we were in school, I would tell you you're crazy. Exactly. Um, I can even say that if you told me that I would be here 10 years ago, I would say you were crazy. Can you imagine? Right? So I started my career, like real career in food in 2004, 2003, 2004. And I did not really get what you call the big break until 2015. There you go. Right. And that was just like going through like a, like they like to say, fresh passe pour la food. The la mm -hmm. food right. Exactly. So, but then that's what I always tell them. I'm like, just because you see me now on TV or you just find out about me now, doesn't mean that I just started we put in the work. You have to put in the work. And exactly. you know what? The And you use the word. And I think Rick Ross always talks about that, you know? It's, Don't it's, waste it's, my time and put in the longevity. Longevity the in the long run is yes. what pays off. Exactly. Is what pays off. And yeah. I think that you can speak to that um, because you've been around the block and you've seen chefs come and go. And some people, yes. um, just from your perspective, you realize that young, I don't know, I'm not sure if, I, and again, we, I turned 40. Okay. We're at that age where we're just, we're just yeah. comparing ourselves constantly. I'm like, okay. I realize I still feel like a kid, but also I can't play basketball the same way I used to. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so in a lot of ways, I always like to keep perspective is everything. Right. And you yes. know, this, when you see young chefs coming up and are you, are you in a position right now to mentor them, you know, into the best practices and like not lose their way or like, you know, have the patience, you know, make your own niche, learn the basics, honor, honor the, 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 the good habits or like, do, do you find that there's this, there's that hunger? Do you see that hunger in them or, or are they just wanting to start them in your experience? Okay. So, um, I, for some reason or another, um, a lot of chefs, have found, I don't want to say solace, but kind of like a mentor in me mm -hmm. from, a, from, from a few years back, right? They, I would say that I, not even like at this stage of my career, right? Um, but before, like they always, always reaching out to me, asking me questions. And I'm always that person that believes in sharing knowledge mm -hmm. because once I die, it dies with me. Right? I want to leave a legacy behind. And I want to I want to use that that example from Karate Kid, right? Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Miyagi died, but that legacy got carried on with Daniel Sun, right? Mm -hmm. So this is how I believe it. Uh things should be passing it on and generation to generation. 
and your name, your legacy carries on. I've always mentored chefs, young chefs, um, especially those who show that they are willing to learn, willing to grow and do their work, right? Um, it, if you come at me and you're trying to find a cheat code, I'm sorry, I don't have a cheat code uh, because even still now, uh, 17 years into the business, I still do the grind and um, the lead work that needs to be done. Right? There's no cheat code, there's no back door or loop or whatever it is. It's grind, consistency, um, work. Um, so I'm always open to helping them and guiding them and and then advising them. You know, uh, I just went, I just came back from Denver, Colorado, because one of the one of the people that the chef that is part of my community, mm-hmm. they told me that they were about to open a food truck and everything. They asked me for guidance to teach them certain tools to kind of help them with their menus with all that stuff. And I felt that in my heart that it was necessary that I went to Denver. Mm-hmm. you know, during the first week that they open, so I can help her be able to do, because it's so different when you're teaching over the phone or on a Zoom or whatever, mm-hmm. than being in person. Right. So I was, right. Able to, I was able to be there in person, put my hand in the in the mud, you know, like they say, um, and teach her and show her so she can understand why she should do it this way. Right. right? And the first day, I just paid attention to what she was doing and how she was operating. Mm-hmm. And as she was going along, I would give her advices and stuff okay. like that. And then the second day, you know, I told her, okay, now we're going to do it my way so you can see and understand why. Nice. Right? So she was able to get that experience and that knowledge. And she was very grateful about it. And I'm the type of person too. I don't do things to get recognition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my recognition is that paycheck. <laughs> That's it. Boom. I don't do things for recognition or to get to get glory or whatever. I do everything I do genuinely out of love, out of care, right? Um, I want to see my people win. I want to see my community thrive. I want to see my culture um, celebrated. So whenever I do something, it's because if you look good, we all look good. There you go. As a community, right? Um, I, I don't want them to claim that Oh, another Haitian chef. No. I want them to be like, oh, he's a Haitian chef. Right. Right. That's what right. I want people to lead with now. It's so so it's whenever so I can help point. out, yeah, whenever I can help out as much as I can, if I'm available, whatever, I'll do it, you know, because not, not only that you help somebody, but you create bonds also. Um, you create opportunities. While mm. I was there, so funny that we got to sit down with this brewery. Who want us to do a pop-up dinner there? Wow. Right? So it's gonna be the first ever full Haitian dinner in Denver, Colorado. Can you imagine? And in the whole thing. state. In the whole state at all. In right? the whole state. In the and whole state. See, this is why. And you touched on two things, which I want to get back on. The first thing, you said something really important. You felt it in your heart that you had to go out of your way to serve. And in that opportunity, out of, you know, just opening up and laying it all, like, I'm sure you didn't ask for any, like you said, no recognition. You don't have to basically, like, you know, you don't owe me anything is what you said. Like, basically, yeah, I mean, basically, to... didn't get paid for it. I mean, I covered my own travel expenses on my mm-hmm. own, mm-hmm. right? Because I believed in what she wanted to do. And also, I wanted to also to visit the area. Mm-hmm. Right, because I wanted to, because I do these retreats, so I wanted to see the area to see if it would be appropriate for the type of retreat that I want to do, Makes and sense. stuff like that. And also, I had in the back of my head too that maybe we can do something over there, but I didn't have an idea mm-hmm. what it was going to look like. So might right? as well, might, as, might well. as well. And the importance to that one of even more important thing because we're always trying to help people grow, and we've talked about the grind, and you touched on the will to learn. You have to be open to learn. And what happens, as you said, you, okay, I'm coming, I'm going to come in. I'm going to watch her process. And then on day two, we're going to start. Okay. I see how you do it. Just let's take a step back. Let me bring you my perspective and you take what you want. You didn't impose it on her, but here's why I believe with my experience and my 17 years in the business, 
how I believe that you can get to the next level. And so many times, and I'm sure you've seen this, whether through chefs and for anybody here trying to elevate towards their own thing, put whatever you want into the bucket. If you're not willing to deconstruct your own process and realize that maybe in some places you might be falling short, you might be, like you said, leaving money on the table. And if you're not willing to listen to Alain coach you, or if you're not willing to actually learn from other podcasters or learn from other writers, you're cutting yourself short. And I'm sure you've met people like that who refuse to learn. Of course, you're doing yourself a disservice. Total disservice, man. Like I've I've met um, a lot of different people um, and not just chefs, you know, anybody that asks for advice. Like I feel that certain people ask for advice just to say that they did, but not to really take it into consideration and take it in, you know, it's like, how much, how much work can I do to help save somebody that doesn't want to save themselves? Mm-hmm. So I will put in the work. I will help you. I will guide you. But then if the will is not there, the the work is not there and everything that I'm teaching you, you're doing the total opposite. At one point I have to call it quits. Why? Yeah, because you're, exactly. you, you're dragging me down with you. Right, and I don't want that. I don't want to drag, get dragged down. That's I don't right. want to surround myself with negativity. You know, it's always about positivity. Always about thinking forward. Yes, we have issues. Yes, we fall down, but always think about the better outcome. Right. Always see that. You know what? That was that was not a failure. That was a lesson. Mm-hmm. And so many times, so many times, what happens is we carry that quote-unquote just like you i refuse to use negative words but sometimes they exist for a reason we refuse to we constantly we constantly carrying these setbacks we carry these failures we carry these disappointments with us and for some reason we translate them as oh okay this is my reality when i'm sure you've had terrible terrible events you had everything planned because I know you. I know you. It's like, you know, you have the entire list. You got the booking. You have the place. And for some reason, something goes wrong. Like the yeah. oven craps out. The power's not on. Or something, somebody tripped over. The, it, the, these whole, things buffet line just, the whole buffet line just drops on the floor. <laughs> Boom. These happen. Yes. These things happen. And you yes. still overcome. And you still yes. have to bring the overcoming mindset to that so coach us in those moments where we think that excuse the language everything goes to shit but we still have to overcome we still have to step above that negativity how do we weather the storm my man that one key one one thing i said is proper preparation prevents poor performance nice The, the five p's right um that doesn't mean that nothing is bad that can happen something's bad will happen so I go in everything that I do, every event, every catering with the mindset that pray for the worst, pray for the best, but prepare for the worst. Okay. Right. So my plan A has a backup plan all the way to Z, just in case, you know, certain times we carry extra equipment just in case we might not end up using it. We might end up having to use it, mm-hmm. but we have it available because you never know. They're um, they're not even if it was human, it, they would have errors. Mm-hmm. Machines, equipment can fail, and temperature, altitude, all these things can affect them, right? So, for example, we were doing something in Toronto, and we were outside um, using a defrier, and because the temperature dropped so low that the pipes were frozen, the fire wow. was not strong enough to keep the oil hot. Wow. So thank God we had a and we had a tabletop fryer that was inside that we were mm-hmm. still be able to use, mm-hmm. right? So that's to give you an example. You know, we we sometimes I carry extra extra plates. You never know something's gonna happen. Plates can crack, and then you don't have enough plates because you are trying to cut it short. You never know, right? So and also the biggest thing I always do is whenever I do, it depends on the type of event. If it's a wedding, I have to be at the site at least three hours before. You have to be there. You have access to the site. Access to the site three hours before the, the, let's say, for example, for a wedding, three hours before the the ceremony even starts. Not the the reception, but the ceremony itself. 
Okay. Right? I get there. We set up. We get ourselves situated. Oh, we forgot something. Oh, we're missing this. Oh, we need to fix that. We have ample of time to do what we have to do. Okay. Right? And- I, can, I can operate under pressure. I can um, operate when it's, ta- when it's rushing time. But I prefer operating in a state of mind where I'm at peace and I know that all my steps, everything that I've written down, right? Because mm-hmm. every event, sometimes I can't even sleep at night because I'm replaying the whole steps or process in my head while I'm sleeping. Wow. That way, when I wake up the next day, I'm conditioned. I know I have to do this, that, that, that after. So I condition myself like a robot. And people think that when we talk about visualization, we talk about writing down like to the detail so yes. you can actually trigger your brain into putting yourself there. We used to do this when we were kids, whether yes. we saw ourselves at G.I. Joe or Batman or Superman. It's the exact same thing. Like tomorrow, I'm going to be launching this event. I'm going to be there. We're going to get there. We're going to do this. Like you said, things can go wrong, like so bad. When yes. I got married, it rained. It rained. You don't plan for that. But hey, you know what? You you adjust. So I'm just yes. I'm just feeding off what you're what you're giving me. And that comes from experience. Because yes. you, this has happened to you before. It sucked the first time, but you learn. You yeah, could have decided, yes. you know what? I'm not, this is my last event. I'm calling it quits. <laughs> I'm done. You know what? Yeah. This is too much, too much stress. You know what? It's not worth my time. But you know what? You learn from this. And some people, and I'm just going to call it out. Some people choke. Some people choke. Yeah. Some people say you know, they want to do this and they choke. And they're like, it's too much for me. And, you know, sometimes you have to, some, like you said, you can either encourage them. Because they have to know, again, this is part of your journey. You have to go through it. Or if you decide you want to quit, okay, fine. Because you're only going to kill yourself in the process. Because that's why why people get depressed as well, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, one thing I always um, encourage people who are trying to get into the business is just because your friends and your family are telling you that, oh, you can cook nice, you should start doing catering, doesn't mean that you need to start a catering business. Right, mm-hmm. because the catering business is much more than food. The cooking the food, cooking the food is the easy part. It's the simplest part ever. It's the whole process around it. Like, okay, you're cooking the food. Are you properly cooling the things off? Are you properly warming them up? Um, are you transporting them right? Are you storing them right? You know, or do you have your whole orchestra in place? So whatever it's time for you to perform so you can perform right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always tell people the best way for you to start, go work part-time with another caterer to learn from them. How it's done. How it's done and the steps. It's, it, it's okay for you to burn a pan of chicken with a caterer that can afford it versus with you who just started. Nice. See, say it again. See? There you go. See, so, because <laughs> the caterer can afford it, you burn that. Okay, throw it away. Let's do another one because they have the overhead. They have the the backups for it. You just started, and you started to burn in pans of food. At the end of the day, once you're done with that event, you might have to dig out of your own pockets mm-hmm. to pay to buy stuff instead of using the money that you got paid to do the event. Right, right. See, see, and you know what? This speaks of the resilience that yes. we were talking about in the, in the beginning. And you know what? I don't want to jump over this, Anna. I think, especially looking at you and your body of work, and I truly mean this, not just from Instagram, not just from all the positive messages that, that I see, you know, on WhatsApp, but I really want to say this, like, we believe, we as Haitians, you have championed our culture, not just through Thank food, you. but through your 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 character how you've promoted us whether through the states whether through food festivals in haiti whether on youtube whether all the way to africa i see you brother i see you and you know what you've never shied away because sometimes it's so easy to be like you know the diaspora and say okay you're just okay you're just a chef and you just happen to be a caribbean chef but you carry the flag openly truly on your heart on your head you brought it all the way up to the food network you're bringing it up and you know what 
we thank you for it because thank you, thank you. it th- it is time for our generation. I don't want to sound political, but I'm I've made this a little bit more open on the show to actually just like you in our own individual ways to try to show a different face of what we are exactly. capable of, whether myself through broadcasting or you through cooking and so many of us in our own generation to try to yeah. actually push a bigger message. And I need yeah. to tell you that I believe that what you're doing needs to be, you know, has resonated, not just to me, but it's just, it's just very important. Like you said, oh, not just another Haitian chef. You have elevated a standard of excellence and quality through your work that I know that a future generations of chefs are going to look at and say like, oh, okay, so that's how it's done. All right. Yes. Oh, that's, okay, the so goal, that's how man. it can be done. That's what's possible. That's, that's okay? how it should be done. Yeah. That's how it should exactly. be done. Exactly. Um, that's something, is that something you did consciously or is it something that, you know, you felt along the way, you know what, I need to carry, carry this with me. I'm just asking. So, okay. So I'll say this in the very beginning of my career, I wanted to shy away from being known as the Haitian chef because I didn't want the libele, right? The mm-hmm. label of Haitian chef. So then people would only think that I can only do Haitian cuisine, mm-hmm. right? But as I got, as I grow into the career, I realized that it was a responsibility for me to be known as the Haitian chef, right? But the Haitian chef that can cook everything. Yes. He's a chef, but he's also Haitian and his specialty is Caribbean Haitian cuisine. But he also can cook everything. Everybody has a niche. Everybody has a special. Everybody has a niche. Exactly. So, um, yes, I did it consciously, consciously because I wanted to make sure that um, I tap into my culture, into my heritage, into what I know, right? The flavors that I'm very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Also, because I wanted to make sure, like you said, to carry the mantle, the flag of the the country, the show another image. Right. Um, I know that we always complaining about our leaders, about what oh about the misrepresentations and everything. So I was like, you know what? Shut up and put up. Right. So it was time for me to shut up and just do what I have to do. Right. Let my work speak for itself. Do everything that I need to do to bring a better light to the culture, to the food. And just when- uh-huh. I can't, I can't remember. I can't, I don't know how, I think it was in 2015 when, when uh, you actually went on Cutthroat Kitchen and yeah. just the simple fact, I I remember it, man, when it was all over Facebook and all over Twitter and everything, like everybody, like, oh man, Alain's on Food Network <laughs> and nobody cares how it ended, but it was just the yes. fact that, wow, one of us yes. is representing us for like, yeah, we have our musicians. Yeah, we have our artists. But we have an international platform where one of us is promoting our kit, our culinary expertise. And like, see, I'm giddy because I still, I still remember watching it. I'm like, wow, Alain is holding it down. Come what may, but you know, it like like Les Brown said, yes. it's possible. It is. I don't care how how whether you win, whether you lose, whether you got the record or whatsoever, but it just shows you it's possible, right? It and that, I'm sorry I cut you off. It was just like, you know, I'm, you know me. I'm just okay. sincere. I'm very sincere. It's not something that should be laughed at because you know what? Too often is it so easy, like you said, to discount us to just a very, very narrow identity when we are so much more. And I yes. believe that right now, more than ever, our generation has the opportunity to actually connect, like you said, collaborate and actually promote a different image of us. Definitely. Definitely, man. Yeah. Um, We do have the opportunity. And I said that this is our year. This is our year to showcase what we are about, to promote our culture, uh, to show that we have more to offer. Right. And, you're looking at countries like Mexico, some other countries around the world that their food is recognized as global cuisine. Mm-hmm. Why can't we be in that? Why can't we do that? In that same language, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one good thing is um, UNESCO did made uh, our subjumu become a patrimoine at a mondial. So that's a good uh, victory for us, right? Really? There. Yeah. Whoa. UNESCO did. Uh, um, the it was submitted at UNESCO, and UNESCO decided to include 
the Subzubu as a patrimoine mondial wow. because it has that big significance in, in, the, in our independence. Wow. And we are the first Black republic and we played a role in inspiring so many others. So this, so they, and since Subzumu represents our independence, so UNESCO declared Subzumu Patrimoine Mondial. Wow. See, again, shout out, shout out, shout out. Again, this is like, again, this, this is, if we can break barriers through food, again, that's what I tell you. Of food, course. music is the universal language of culture. Language, yes. It's yes. the universal language, music and food universal yes. language wherever you go i can't say hello i might you know i might basically just murder your language but Bruh, you can actually understand a very welcoming like meal you know you how to just do like meal. this and they understand you and Sick. we can't skip over this one because again i'm burying the lead no i'm just teasing i'm just teasing but people know <laughs> why we're here okay you teased it long enough and it was it's not even i wasn't even surprised but for me when i heard the news of your collaboration on discovery i'm like this guy is unstoppable like he's just like, what can you not do like really <laughs> and for people who don't know Alain just recently just announced uh his uh, collaboration on uh luda can't cook uh discovery plus channel uh yes. where basically the a very well-known chris bridges you might know him as ludicrous is basically right. going around and learning from various chefs and learning various cuisine and it just so happens just to learn about haitian cuisine that Alain you know, was tapped, Chef Lemaire was tapped to actually coach Ludacris, of all people, on Haitian cuisine. So, yes. again, just asking the basic barefoot question, how the hell did that happen? My how man. was it? How is he? How do you feel? Are you starstruck? Like, I saw this, the, the selfies, but really. Okay. So, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But how so, the hell did that happen? How did that happen, man? Um, I got a DM. On my Instagram, and the person said that I am a um, a recruiter mm -hmm. for a casting company, and we're looking for Haitian chefs for a show. That's it. And I'm like, yo, this sounds fishy, man. Like, on Instagram, but something told me to reply back. Mm -hmm. Like, what worse can happen? Yeah. So reply back. We spoke. Next thing you know, we started exchanging emails. Mm -hmm. But you know, in the emails, for example, like my email is alain at mm -hmm. So if there's a chefflemen.com at the end of my email, there must be a chefflemen.com website. There you go. So I always make sure that I Google, I, I put in that handle mm -hmm. to, show, to see what this is about. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, this is real. <laughs> right? And this I'm is like, legit. This is legit, legit. And I'm like, I get another email and they tell me what the project is about. And I'm like, oh, shit. I saw, I saw something about the first episode they did. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is real. So conversation. And I'm telling you that they interviewed tons of Haitian chefs, right? People you and know? Some people that I know, some people that I don't know. Right, so they interview a bunch of people, and I did quite honestly probably over twenty Zoom calls, phone calls, wow, uh, tons of emails because they were trying to get everything done in a short period of time. Okay, right, and so I'm getting all these calls and stuff, and then I get this email, and. So first of all, I get a phone call mm -hmm. from the guy that had spoke to me initially. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, so and so, you know, we spoke before just that. Listen, we sent you an email. Disregard that email. We're going to send you a new one. Okay. I'm like, okay. Are you feeling and the then, pressure at this point or are you just going along? And you know, At this point, at this point, we, we've already spoke about the steps, everything that we're going to try to do, mm -hmm. etc. And then when I opened the second email, it says that they've decided to go with me as the lead chef for that episode. Whoa. So not, you're not just featuring somewhere like, no. Not a guest, you know, not just appearing. They said, you're you will guy. be ludicrous master chef. Wow. 
So the whole concept of the show is, like you saw in the articles, is that I teach them about the fundamentals of Haitian cuisine, mm-hmm. but also um, there are other Haitian chefs on the show too. Mm-hmm. But I take them. I'm like this. I'm like the master that takes them to somebody that specializes in something. Right. Take them to okay. somebody that specializes in something else, and then at the end we incorporate all the things that he learned. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, okay. So. That's the whole concept about the show. Like somebody that's guiding him, teaching him, like handing him off and then taking him back to make sure that he learned the lessons and understands everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about how we cook, why we cook the way we cook, the culture, the history and all that stuff. Wow. Because culture, history and food are all intertwined. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't talk about food without talking about culture or history. Mm-hmm. Because to understand the food, you need to understand and know history. Right. Right? So, when, throughout the whole process, I'm in my head, I'm like, yo, this can be real, this can be real. Uh, Even when they finally set up the dates, and, like, I'll tell you this, the initial dates that they had set up, I was not available for that day. Wow. I was what supposed to do? fly to Jersey to go prep for a dinner that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And they told me the this. I'm like, shit, is there a way that we can back up at least one day? Like, I'm supposed to be in Jersey two days before, mm-hmm. but if I can get at least one day before, that'd be okay. And that also was a testament to how bad they wanted me to be the person. Because they told me that they wanted to go with me because the way I spoke, the way I expressed myself, mm-hmm. the knowledge that I was exerting, like it really connected with the network and that they wanted me. Greatness so, shines through. That's it. So they wanted me so bad to be the one leading the episode and guide him that they were willing to push back. Well, I say push up the mm-hmm. filming. Can you imagine, like the they entire switched, production? This was the whole production. Discovery Media because of me. Wow. Yeah, man. And until we got to set to the set, man, I still couldn't believe I was there. Is this is really happening? Is this really? This happening? is really happening. And then when I saw him, I swear, bro, I got so struck, man. <laughs> that's Luda. Yo, that's Luda. <laughs> I was like, yo. So I had to keep my composure, right? Of course. You gotta be a professional. I had to keep my composure. Um, and I was like, um, yo, this is Luda, but you can't act crazy. You can't act like you're a groupie. You gotta maintain your composure, bro. Act like you've been there, you done that. But super cool, super down-to-earth type of guy. Um, he has no complex, no, um, he's not. No arrogance. He's not pretentious, no. no arrogance, nothing, man. Like, yo, he's just like a regular dude, just who enjoys life, who enjoys everything that he's doing, man. Um, we had candid conversations. We spoke, we spoke on and off the cameras. You know, he was asking questions, getting to know more about Haiti and everything. And I'm like, yo, bro, this is so cool. Like, look at me, you know. From Port Prince, Eddie. Now I'm sitting next to Ludacris, right? Mm. Like I was, I was just ready to just start rapping to his song and stuff, and say, "Yo, sign me to the label or something." <laughs> you know, but and... yo, but it was a surreal experience. But I can tell you this, and what made it for me was the fact that the network wanted to make sure that they were accurate in everything. You felt that? Yes. They expressed that to me and they showed it also. They wanted to make sure that everything that we said, everything that was spoken about or presented was as authentic as possible. Right? And when I was doing some off, like they call them OTFs, like it's like off the screen type of conversations. Mm -hmm. They were like, okay, this is in the line of what we want you to to talk about more because we mentioned them in the show. But don't you don't have to say them exactly like this. Say them however you feel that is more genuine. Mm-hmm. So they gave me kind of a kind of creativity control to be myself, to express to myself. Yourself. It wasn't like us. 
it wasn't like strictly scripted mm-hmm. and it was more things that were aligned with what was discussed during the show. And did you feel that um that Luda came, as you said, willing to learn? Yes. You know? Yeah, he was willing to learn. Of course, you know, he's a very funny guy. He always joke like to joke around. So it was a fun atmosphere. But also he wanted to learn and he was learning. Like um, he fell in love with Haitian cuisine. Definitely. Wow. Wow. And for all of us listening uh, to mm-hmm. and thinking that, you know what, they're in their little corner, whatever it is, whether it's writing, singing, uh, you know, painting, cooking, you know, and thinking that, you know what, what's the point? Like it's in them, but they're afraid, as you said, even as accomplished as you are, you still, even on the day of, sh- on the day of filming, you're still in that moment of disbelief. Like, is this really oh, happening? Yeah. And for those of us in that fear of, you know, embracing our own greatness and leaning into that thing that keeps us up at night, how can we tell them, like, you know what, take the leap, try em- out? How can we help them? Embrace the fear. Fear is necessary. It, it tells you that you're still alive. It, st- it tells you that you're still human. Right. Um, with that fear, we do reckless stuff. Fear keep, keeps you in check. It keeps you on your toes because you don't want to mess up, but you don't want to also be too relaxed. That to the point where you start messing up eventually because you mess up both ways. Like either you mess it up while you're performing or you slack and you start messing up and not being as productive as you are. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fall, but it's not okay to just stay down, right? Don't let the fear control you. Don't let the fear keep you down, but use that fear as your source, as your fire to push forward, right? Um, it's, I love it. I, I, I swear, I love being, ex- I love having the anxiety. I love having the fear, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I've done over a hundred weddings, if not more. Wow. Like every single wedding that we do, I'm always nervous because people get married once, mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. And it's not like their birthday. You mess up their birthday next year, you can do it over. Mm-hmm. Then most people get married only one time. So that's that one time that you have to make sure that they have a perfect wedding. So I take everything that I do that way, you know, um, make sure that whatever you're doing, you put your best foot forward every single time, um, no matter what the pay is. And if the pay is not as good as the previous one, that's on you because you accepted it. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if you accept something, give it your all. Even if you know that it could have been a better payout or a better outcome or whatever it is, but give them that same performance you would give somebody that was paying high price. Mm-hmm. Every customer is valued. Exactly. And then in the kitchen, we always say that make sure that your um, your last plate is as good as your first plate. Right. So the same detail that you, the same attention you pay to in the first plate, even if you are on your thousand plate, make sure that that thousand plate gets the same love and attention because that person who's receiving it, it's not their fault that they receive it at last. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, you are all about um, striving for excellence. You are all about always pushing harder. And every time I talk to you, I the same way in the same conversation, I also have it with Michelle Luquin. You guys, like on a creative level and on an elevated mindset level, you guys are always, always, always pushing better. And you guys inspire me. And just asking you, for those of us always come, always like falling into, but I also believe that comparison is the thief of joy, as it's often said. For people who are not on your level, you know, you might be at level 23. And for the person mm-hmm. who's at level two and say like, but I'm not Chef Lemire, but I'm not Ali. I don't have like 162 episodes in. I haven't written three or three books. I'm not Les Brown. How do we, you know, forgive ourselves? And again, accept the fact that, you know, we are on our own journey. I am not meant to be Chef Lemire, you know, but people are always falling into the trap 
of like yes. the fo- of comparison versus inspiration. See what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And facts. I think that people who are listening to us need to know the difference. Yes. So I always, this is how I see it, man. Um, you can always use somebody. There's always going to be somebody that's going to inspire you. Somebody that you're going to end up looking to, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody that is doing something that, oh man, I should try this myself, right? But don't fall into the trap that you have to be that person. Um, I always said that I want to be Chef Ali. I don't want to be Bobby Flay. I don't want to be um, Gordon Ramsay. I don't want to be no other chef. I see what they're doing. And whichever one aligns with me, I can use it to better me, but not to become them. Okay. Because they are in their own lane. I'm in my own lane. Everybody's on their own lane, right? Uh, we are all in our own lane. We all have our own journey, our own calling. I always said that God did not put you on a, on a Zoom meeting or a conference call when he was giving you your calling. Mm-hmm. You alone received that calling. So you alone should focus on that and execute it. Yes, we have tools around us. We have people around us to inspire us, to guide us, to, to counsel us. But at the end of the day, what's inside of you, what's deep inside of you, stick to it. Don't wow. let, I call it, the background noise distract you, wow. right? All of that, like, oh, I'm not Chef Lemire. Oh, Chef Lemire did it. Chef Lemire dad, like, no, don't worry about me. Focus on you. Focus on what you're doing. And it's funny that something happened today, and I was talking to my, my, my tribe, and I was like, yo, look at what just happened. And I was telling them, everybody was like, yeah, man, don't pay attention. Stuff like that. Don't worry about it. And I said, you know, I really don't care what the noise is about what's going on, but it's just to show you that people are out there that are looking at you and see you as a threat or see you as their competition or as you're in their way. Whereas you're not even on their way because the pie is big enough for everybody to get their own slice. Everybody. Everybody. For example, the state of Florida alone is so huge that I can't cater the whole state by myself. You're realistic about that. Like, you know. Yeah, no matter how much I would love to, there's no way possible that I would be able to do it. I would eventually choke. I I would pass out. I can't. And I always use that analogy. When you're trying to eat a big-ass wedding cake by yourself, you either gonna choke in it or you're gonna have stomach issues and you might even die because your stomach might explode. Mm-hmm. So the the cake is available for everybody to take their own slice. Everybody has their own slice, everybody has their own flavor. The, you go to the grocery stores, there are thousands of brands of bread. Just bread. Can you imagine? Just bread. So you choose which one is best for you, for your budget, for your liking. Right? So everybody has their own name. Somebody might choose me because they like the way I do my food. Somebody might choose somebody else because they can afford them better. Mm-hmm. But should I be mad that that person had that catering gig and I didn't get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was not my clientele. That was not my type of bread. And I have to live with knowing to accept that. And the minute you accept that, the minute you accept that, you can't please everybody. You can't be everywhere at the same time. You can't uh, take on everything or you can't keep looking at what others are doing and then lose focus on yourself. Because once you start looking at others, you lose focus on yourself and you're spending more time worrying about what that person is doing versus what you could have done. Yes. The time that you take in to tweet or to post about or to talk smack about somebody else on social media, you could have created that time to reach out to somebody that can help grow your business, right? Collaborate. Oh, Don't hate. Collaborate. So, so and so is posting about social media. So, you you have no idea what relationship I have with them, or if I did hire them or not. Mm-hmm. So, instead of focusing on what is being posted about me or what I am posting, why don't you reach out also and do the same thing? 
And most of the time people do that because they don't have the knowledge or the resource. They don't have the, I don't even want to say the resources. They don't have the knowledge. They don't seek counseling, right? So there's a certain point you have to be in your career that you need to surround yourself with people who can help you elevate. Not people who are going to cheer you on when you say some dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. want no yes man or yes woman. Mm-mm. You want people that can call you out on your bullshit and be like, hey, nah, that was foul. Or people going to be like, nah, man, don't post that. That's not right. It's going to tarnish your reputation. Mm-hmm. So you need these people that can keep you grounded. Every time you want to say something bad or you want to react because you're angry, because you're envious, and you feel that you're not getting the same opportunities and stuff like that because you're so focused and comparing yourself to that other person mm-hmm. and you don't know their history, their background or where they came from, what they did, how long they've been in business, you're losing track. And then the more time you're spending on spewing negativity and all that stuff, that person is still going up. They're still and living you, their truth. People looking at you be like, well, you messy. I can't deal with you. Right? So, and nobody want to assign... Energy energy. Nobody want to assign themselves or or, or be, um, be, Jesus, what's the word again? Um, you know, associated with somebody that's mm-hmm. negative or yeah. that's doing bad stuff. Nobody wants that. So I don't care how well you cook. Energy is energy. Like if energy I have a feeling energy. that you're more trouble than you're worth, I don't care how much you're, even the price could be good. The food could be good. But you know what? If I'm hearing that, you know, even in a murmur that, yeah, you know, there's like a lot of infightings. You see what he tweeted and everything. Yeah. This is the age that we live in. You have to pay attention to that. You can't be emotional. Yeah. Stuff. No, like we're in an age where um, people have Twitter fingers. Everything can spread real quick. Like it takes forever for positivity to be spread, mm-hmm. whereas negativity will spread like wildfire. Two seconds. Two seconds. <laughs> and that's it. Curry is done. <laughs> you are a very busy guy. I don't want I don't want to keep you too long. I had one last question though, because I always like to talk about, you know, your different ongoings. Like we can okay. but for the people for but for the people like, you know, again, who don't follow you for some reason, I don't get it, but okay, you definitely should. <laughs> But um, I realize that right now you are building a huge media machine around you, man. Like, you know, the YouTubes and the tutorials and the ongoings and the lives and how to cook a 12-pound salmon. (laughs) (laughs) I see you, brother. I see you. But I also realize that you're also also bringing up the uh, Umanger Deja movement around you. Like you're crabbing with a bunch of chefs. And I was just wondering, you know, with everything that's happening around you. But you talked about the retreat. But I was just wondering, for people who are curious, what's that about and uh, where are we going with this? Okay, so the retreat came about, um, me and a couple of my friends, we were just talking, and we are like, man, you know, we've been always working and grinding, and we never have that time to ourselves, right? The time between us so we can chill and enjoy. So we came up with the great idea of doing a retreat. And whereas chefs, cooks, amateurs, anybody that's lo- that loves food all the way, not even somebody that knows how to cook whatever, you love food whatever, that we can get under the same roof or a same or the same resort or whatever. And we use that time to decompress, recharge, and also educate each other. And what I love to do was that each person that's in it, at least there's somebody that's proficient in something mm-hmm. related to food or the food business itself. Mm-hmm. And that person would lead a session where everybody would get the knowledge from them. So last year we did it in South Carolina. um, And this year I had the opportunity to do it in Costa Rica. So we're going to Costa Rica in the June. Um, It's a a good group of us. So we're going to just relax, have fun, decompress, and also um, recharge and reconnect and um, learn. Right. So that's where the, that's what the retreat is all about. And the homage déjà is uh, it's the love language, universal love language in the Haitian culture, man. Whenever you pull up to an old person's house or to a gamun, they like, homage déjà, like, did you eat already? And you can't say yes or that you don't want to eat because it's disrespectful, <laughs> right? Um, it's similar in a lot true of that. different cultures. True that. It's similar true that. in a lot of different cultures when they invite you to eat at their table. It's a sign of respect and affection. Grab a plate, right? sit down. Grab a plate, sit down. Manger petit. Like, yeah. So reminds me, reminds uh, me so, so well when I when I came uh, when I came to Montreal. Um, I stayed with my aunt. 
um, for the first few years. And she's like big mama of the neighborhood. Like, you know, she was like, there was her in her building. It was, she, there was her place and an Italian lady. And they were constantly like old school Haitian mama and a whole school Italian mama. So imagine there was constantly mm-hmm. food and it was never like, oh yeah, tonight we're eating. No, just whoever walked through the door, grab a plate. Pon plat, pon plat, pon plat, pon plat. That's it. That's how we are, man. That's how that's we are. That's it. Yeah. Um, so that's the brand, and that's what I wanted to um, resonate as in um, the love language, you know, the community feel and stuff like that. And we started doing some pop up dinners also under the same label. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did uh, Jersey last year was the first one. I'm doing one in uh, Denver, and May. We're planning to do one in Boston in July. Um, we're going to probably do another one in Jersey or New York toward the end of the summer again. So we're just trying to stretch out to different markets and stuff like that. We do cooking classes too under the same label. Mm-hmm. So there's Chef Le Maire, there's Sensory Delights, but also there's Umaji Deja. And I want Umaji Deja to be it's the own main thing. focus of my, yes. Right. It's like Umaji Deja operated by Chef Le Maire. Mm-hmm. Type of thing, right? So, um, mogul stuff, mogul shit. Yeah, ah. we we're working at that. <laughs> Proud of you. And man. Proud by the you. way, um, Chef Le Maire and Umedes Deja are already app- applications already in the office for the for the USPTO. So, <laughs> just putting out there. <laughs> Sensory Delight Catering is already a trademark company. It's already trademarked. So just putting that there. Wow. See. Uh, there's, so yeah, there's no limit to uh, vision. There's no limit to vision. Yeah, so we we're grinding, we're grinding, my man. Proud of you, man. Proud thank of you, you. Thank man, you. man. So many, so many gems. So many gems. Um, we're coming up on top of the hour. I don't want to keep you, but I want to say again, thank you for your generous time. Like I said, I know thank you're a busy you, guy, you. but every time we launch up, you know, these conversations, these connections, I always, first of all, filled with so much great energy that you put out into the world. But you know, to know, just to share this time with you, reconnect with a brother and a friend. It's it means a lot to me because I know we only have one life, it. one life, and you know just to share this time with you for me, it's time well spent. Um, I want to celebrate you for all the great work that you're doing, not just for the culture, but just as an individual for you know just living your truth. It's all about what we try to promote on the show and letting people know that you know the best version of your life is always on the receiving end of your choice, and you choose every day to show us what excellence looks like, or even exactly. striving for it. So yes. I want to really, really congratulate you for this, brother. Thank really. you. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Seriously. And uh, for those who are watching, the show airs on February 15th. Yes. Discovery Plus. Um, nice. Download Discovery Plus and stream it uh, because I want more people to stream it and also mm-hmm. to show the networks that the Haitians There's love more. to support each other. We will. So we can get more shows on TV. We'll definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. You know, the message has passed, brother. We'll try to promote it as best we can. Brother, um, are there any particular places that, you know, the the viewers and listeners can connect with you or they need to follow Um, up? On any social media platform at Chef Le Maire, you know, once you put Chef Le Maire on Google or any social media platform, you will find me, the one and only. Um, (laughs) You know, my website, cheflemaire.com. Nice. You know, so everything is Chef Le Maire. You know, once you put it in, there's not going to be many that come up. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I checked. I checked. The, the, <laughs> the, the only no, the, the one that needs to be talked about anyway. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But we always have a running tradition on the podcast. Uh, you know, you're the OG. You know this. I always like to leave, like, you know, the, 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 the last couple of minutes to what I call the next step. You know, just a recommendation, a quote, a mantra that you live by, an affirmation, okay. or just a basic tip that anyone can take up, wake up tomorrow, and take that next step towards the next level anything we can leave the listeners with ah, my biggest one is by any means necessary martin luther okay. from malcolm x right okay. um and what i when i say that i mean not saying to go the illegal route but by any means necessary meaning that to fight for what you want go after what you want by all means right put in the work if you have to lose sleep, lose sleep because delayed pleasure is forever gratification, right? right? So all those nights that you lost in the beginning, all the sacrifices that you made where you did, where you couldn't um, go out, enjoy, have fun, 
Take them now. Grab them. Do it, and then later on, you will reap the, the benefits of it. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's that's one to take. That's really one to write down. You know, temporary discomfort for long-term enjoyment. Yes. Right, right. Chef, I can't thank you again for this thank time, you, you. for this wisdom. Always a pleasure connecting you, brother. Guys, my friend, my brother, the illustrious and ever so talented Chef Alain Lemaire, find him on all the socials. I will definitely link up all the connections on the blog post once it goes live. Guys, thank you, thank you. go show Alain some consideration, some love, and immediate support. You heard it. I'll be please do watch out for the postings when the show airs. Luda can't cook, featuring Chef Lemaire. We will definitely show him as much support as we can. But guys, thank you, thank as always, you. thank you for supporting the journey. Stay blessed. Stay safe wherever your journey takes you. And as always, do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.